0: you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking at a very familiar passage of scripture, one that we've used before and we'll use again in the future, uh, the book of, uh, of uh, Luke chapter number 15. The book of Luke chapter number 15. We'll start reading at verse number 11 in just a moment. Before I read the scripture today, I just want to take a moment and, and uh, thank every one of you for Uh, The calls, the cards, uh, the texts, uh, the flowers. uh, uh, Ten people from the Grace Place that showed up at my father's memorial service this past Thursday. Thank you so very, very, very much. And for all the prayers, and and I I felt those prayers. And I I did my father's uh, service, and that's not easy to do, but I felt your prayers. And thank you for that. Words of comfort, words of encouragement. And, uh, and uh, my wife and I even received a love offering uh, from our precious uh, African people. Uh, you know what? My wife and I love your custom. Amen. <laughs> we love your custom. Amen. Thank you so very, very much. We, we love you and uh, love everyone. Amen. Thank you so much. Well, let's look in the book of Luke this morning, chapter number 15, and verse number 11, we will begin. It said, Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. I will arise, and I will go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose, and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I'd like to talk to you for a few moments today about the return of the prodigal. Father, I thank you for your incredible, your infallible, your life-altering, life-changing word. Oh God, I pray today that you'll do the work that needs to be done in this house today. God, I pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon me and upon uh, the message. And Lord, I pray that it will also rest upon the people of God today, that they may hear your word. We may put in practice what we received today. All of these things we ask in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Praise you may be reseated this morning. I buried my father this past Thursday. For the past couple of weeks, I have, I have spent much time with him, with my mom, and, and with my older brother. As I was driving uh, home from Oklahoma last Saturday, knowing that my father had only a, a few days at the most to live, my plan was to drive home, to preach twice on Sunday, to go back to Oklahoma and there to stay until my father passed. Evidently, Dad didn't want any of us to have to experience his passing, and so he slipped away from us very, very early while everyone was asleep last Sunday morning. As I was driving home on, on, on that Saturday, the Holy Spirit began to talk to me. The Holy Spirit began to remind me of the story of the prodigal son, a very familiar story, one that I have preached many, many, many times in my ministry. The Holy Spirit began to remind me of the story of the prodigal son and and began to show me about that story and how that it related to my brother. The Holy Spirit brought some thoughts to me about this story that I had never considered, never thought about, and quite frankly, I have never heard anyone in my entire life ever point out some things I'm going to point out today that the Holy Spirit shared with me. And by the way, I have my brother's permission to use him as an illustration in this message today. My brother was a prodigal. Although he was raised in a pastor's home just like I was, he chose to walk away from the church and he chose to walk away from everything his father taught him. His life parallels this story to a T. I want to share six things that I see in this story we just read. First thing I want us to talk a little bit about, and that is I want us to talk about the reasons. The reasons. Now, the first point is pure speculation. Pure speculation, but I I am totally convinced in my own heart there's validity to my point. Why did the prodigal leave home? Why did he separate himself from his father and his family? Well, let me suggest two possibilities. Two possibilities. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps he he left home because he wanted to explore another kind of life. He wanted to explore another kind of life. Verse number 13, the Bible says that the prodigal journeyed to a far country. And the Bible says there, there he wasted his possessions with prodigal or wicked or wild living. See, the prodigal knew there was another kind of life out there, but he would have to go far, far from his father's house in order to find it. When my brother and I were growing up as preacher's kids, we basically had to walk around in straight jackets. Uh, You can't do this, and you can't do that. Uh, You can't wear this, and you can't wear that. And you can't go here, and you can't go there. And you can't say this, and you can't say that. Why did the prodigal Leave home? Why did my brother leave his father's house? Perhaps, perhaps they left because they wanted to explore another kind of life. Why did they leave home? The second thing, and this is what the Holy Spirit burned in my heart. And I want you to get a hold of this this morning. Why did the prodigal leave home? Why did my brother, why did he leave home? Well, listen, listen. He didn't think he could live up to the expectations of his father's house. Didn't think he could live up to the expectations of of his father's house. Oh, the bar was set so high. The rules, the regulations, the do's, the don'ts. Most of the time when we think about the parable of the prodigal son, most of the time we put all of the blame on the prodigal for leaving. We make him look so bad and we just really criticize him and man, we just tear him to shreds and we put all the blame for his leaving. We put it all on him. I will say that it was his choice, and it, and it boils down to that. It is a choice. Yes, it was his choice, but hear me this morning, hear me. Maybe, maybe, maybe he was driven away from his father's house. Maybe he, he left because he was driven away from his father's house because the expectations were just too. My brother and I grew up in a very legalistic church. And we as the preacher's kids, we as the pastor's kids, we were put up as an example. We were the example. Back in the day when we had the altars in the front of the church, now we just come and stand or kneel but Make room for more people. But back when we had the altars in, in the church, we, us boys and, and, and my sister, we, we, we were made. It, it didn't matter if we wanted to. It didn't matter if we felt led to. It didn't matter. We're the preacher's kids, and we will be at the altar. And mom and dad said, we can't make you pray, but we can make you kneel. And if nobody else was at the altar, the preacher's kids were at the altar. And we were the example in church. We didn't go to the bathroom 12 times during church. You go to the bathroom before church or after church, other than that, you hold it. And we didn't talk in church. And if we did talk in church, we got called down from the pulpit. We got called down from the altar. More than once did I hear my dad snap his fingers and point his finger at me and say, Mike, go sit by your mother. And I'm sitting over there about halfway back over there with the deacon's kid, talking to the deacon's kid. Mike, go sit by your mother. And so a 14, 15, 16-year-old kid has to get up and walk down the aisle in front of everybody and sit by his mama. Dennis, that's my brother I'm talking about today. Dennis, get up here and sit by me on the platform. And my brother had to get up out of the the congregation and walk up not only in front of the people but up on the platform and sit down beside the pastor, his dad. And my brother says that he had to do that one time, and he said that when he sat down by my dad, he said, my dad bent over and bit him on the ear. (laughs) My brother had his ear pierced back before it wasn't cool for a guy to have his ear pierced. I never saw the Wizard of Oz until after I was married because the Wizard of Oz was always on Sunday night and Sunday night we had church and the preacher's kid goes to church on Sunday night and I can vividly remember going to lunch with one of the deacon's kids and having lunch and playing ball out in the backyard all afternoon. And, and then it was time to go to church. But it was a Sunday night that Wizard of Oz came on. And the deacon's kid stayed home and watched the Wizard of Oz. But the preacher's kid went to church. Still a little bitter, ain't I? Hear me this morning, how many people do we drive away from the church or the Father's house because of the unrealistic expectations that we put on them? How many prodigals are out in the world today wasting their lives in prodigal living because they left the church, they walked away from the Father's house because they didn't think they could live up to the expectations that were placed on them? Why did the prodigal leave home? Perhaps he left home because he knew, I cannot measure up, I cannot live up to the expectation of my father's house. I ask you this morning, why has the church made serving God all about rules when it's supposed to be about a relationship? All right, we talked a little bit about the reasons. The second thing that I see in this story is I see the rebellion. Verse number 13 says that he gathered all of his stuff. He went far away and he partied hardy. That's the Benson paraphrase. He broke all of the father's rules. Such was the case with the prodigal in this story and such was the case with my prodigal brother. I'm not going to go into detail. I want you just to use your imagination, but it was wine, women, and song. After the rebellion comes the reaping. The reaping, Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. He who sows to please his flesh will reap destruction. The prodigal. He lost everything he had been given. He lost everything he'd been, been given. Verses 14 through 16 says, but when he had spent all, he spent what? When he had spent all, there arose a, a severe famine in that land and he began to be in war and he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the food that the swine ate and nobody gave him anything. He lost everything he had been Not only did he lose all of his money that his father had given him, but he he also lost his dignity. He also lost his self-respect. He also lost his reputation. Somebody said sin will take you farther than you intended to go. It will keep you longer than you intended to stay, and it will cost you more than you intended to pay. Notice the fourth thing in this story. That is the recollecting. The recollecting, it's found in verses 17 through 19. Oh, when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And here I am perishing with hunger. I will arise. I will go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your hired servants. I want you to notice that he knew who to turn to in his time of desperation. He knew who to turn to in his time of desperation. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me how many people want absolutely nothing to do with the Father's house, nothing to do with the Father's people until they are in trouble. I can't tell you how often my phone rings or the phone rings at the church. Somebody in dire straits, somebody in desperation. And it's the same people that have absolutely no time for God's house and no time for God's people. But when they're in trouble, they know who to call. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 says to train up a child. In the way that they ought to go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Obviously, this father had poured into his son. And when the time came, it came back to him. Oh, my father and my father's house. My mother, just a few days ago, told me that she stood on this scripture and that she reminded God of this scripture over and over. And daily, daily she prayed this and daily she reminded God of this scripture and she daily prayed for her prodigal son to come home. And when my brother hit rock bottom, he knew where to turn. He called my parents and he asked them if he could come home. And of course, mom and dad said yes. And my brother came home. My brother was thinking he was dying. My brother was in a dire situation. And he came home and my mom and my dad nursed him back to hell. Perhaps you're here today and you've walked away from the father's house. Perhaps you have been driven away all through the unrealistic rules and regulations. You just, you just said, I can't keep all the rules. I can't keep all the regulations. I, I just can't meet the expectations. And you have walked away. Maybe you have walked away because somebody in the Father's house has hurt you. Somebody in the Father's house has wounded you. Somebody in the Father's house has disappointed you. And because of that, you have walked away from the Father's house. Maybe you walked away from the father's house because you wanted to explore another kind of life and the life that you wanted to explore, you knew you could not find it in your father's house. But recently, Recently, oh, something has been tugging. Oh, on the inside, something has been tugging at your heart and pulling you back toward the Father's house. Oh, and you're here today, and I would urge you today, I would urge you today, don't ignore that tug. Don't pull against it. Oh, the Holy Spirit is trying to reunite you with the Father, He's bringing you back to restore you to Him and to His house. Once, and the relationship you once had with him, all ah, the sweetness of his presence that you once knew can be yours once again. Restoration can happen, and it can happen this very day. Well, let's look at the fifth thing that I see in this story, and that is the reception. No doubt questions began to flood the mind of the prodigal. If I go home, how will I be received? Will my father accept me or will my father reject me? How should I approach him? Uh, Oh, what emotions does my father have toward me? Is he mad at me? Is he disappointed in me? Is he ashamed of me? Does he even think of me anymore or has he totally written me off? Let's read verse 20 through 24 one more time. He arose, came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. His father had compassion, and his father ran and fell on his neck, and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned in your sight. Father, Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Oh, 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 but the father said to his servants, oh, bring out the best robe and and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and put sandals on his feet and, 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 and bring the, the fatted calf and kill it and let's eat and let's be merry. Let's have a party. This, my son, was dead, but he's alive now. He was lost. Oh, but now he is, he is found. Notice his father didn't shame him. His father did not shame him. Notice. Notice his father doesn't scold him and and, and tell him, I told you so. He could have spared you and this family a lot of heartache if you would have just listened to what I taught you. I told you so. No, no, he didn't say, what were you thinking, boy? Oh, he didn't say, I taught you better than this. No, 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 not only did he not shame him, he actually covered up his shame. Covered up his shame. I'll huh? oh, bring the best robe in the house and put it on him. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Get the robe, hurry, cover him up. He's been in the world, so he looks like the world. Oh, he went away looking like his father. He comes back looking like a failure. Bring the robe and put it on him. Hurry, hurry, cover him up. Cover him up. Cover his shame. He's my son, and I don't want anybody to see him in this condition. Please hear me, church. Please, please hear me. Let's stop exposing the shame of our prodigals. Let's stop repeating the latest gossip of the latest pastor to have a moral failure or the latest saint that failed. Oh, I'm not talking about sticking our heads in the sand. I'm not talking about turning a blind eye to sin. What I'm talking about, I'm talking about loving our prodigals back to the Father's house. And I'm talking about taking responsibility for our part. Say our part. I'm talking about taking responsibility for our part in why the prodigals leave the father's house in the first place. We're talking about the reception right now. Not only did his father not shame him, but his father showered him with affection. Verse 21, more time, he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, and and kissed him. Notice it says when when he was a great way off, his father saw him. How could his father see him if he was a great way off? His father could see him when he was a great way off because his father had been looking for him. No doubt every morning before the sun came up the father was out in front of his house out at that road where his son left and his father was out there before the sun came up and when the sun would begin to come up his father would squint and look as far as he could hoping hoping is this the day maybe this is the day my boy will come on maybe he'll come today. I don't know how long that he stayed there, but he had work to do. But I believe that as the evening came and as the sun began to go down, there again that father would be out there in front of his house in that road where his son left. And he'd be looking and he'd be squinting. And he's looking as far as he can look, hoping this is the day. Oh, there might have been many times when he's, oh, is that him? That might be him. No, that's not him. Oh, how many disappointing days did he have. But one day he looks and he looks and he thinks, Is that him? Is that him? I think that might be him. It looks like him. He doesn't look like the boy that left, but he looks like my boy. He's got my boy's mannerism. He's walking like my boy. He handles himself like my boy. I think that's my boy. And he began to run to his boy. And he saw his boy. And he grabbed his boy. And he hugged him and he kissed him. And he said, Welcome home, boy. I believe God the Father is here today. And he's looking. He's looking today. The Heavenly Father is looking today. Oh, he's looking for the prodigal and he's running toward the prodigal. Oh, he wants to embrace the prodigal. He wants to shower the prodigal with affection today. Well, the sixth and final thing that I see in this story is the restoration. The Father restored his dignity. His dignity. Verse 22 again, sorry, but just 22 through 24, one more time. Father saw, said to his servants, bring out the best robe. Put that robe on him. Ring on his hands, shoes on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here, kill it. Been waiting. This is, this is why we've been fattening that calf. This is the day. It's, this is the time. Go kill the get the calf, kill it. Let's eat, let's be merry, let's have a party, let's celebrate. My son was dead, but oh, he's alive, he was lost, but he's found. The restoration. The father restored his son's dignity. The prodigal came home hoping to be accepted as a servant, but was reminded by his father that he was a son. And so the robe... Make him look like a son. He don't look like a son right now. He doesn't look like a son right now. Put that robe on him. Cover up his shame. I want him to look like my boy. Get the sandals and put on his feet because only slaves go barefoot. They took the shoes from the slaves so the slaves could not run away. And if they did run away, they didn't run away very far. I don't want them to look on him and see he doesn't have any shoes on and think he's a servant. He ain't a servant. He's my boy. He's my son. Get the shoe, some shoes and put on his feet. Go get the ring. Not just any ring. Get the family ring. The family ring that has our brand. The family ring that has our initials. The family ring. So when, he, when they see the boy, he may not look like my boy, oh, but they can see the robe and they can see the shoes, but most of all, they can see the ring. They can see the family insignia on the ring, and they know beyond a shadow of a doubt. He may not look like my boy. He may not look like the father's son, but he is the father's son because only those that are the father's sons wear the ring. I want him to have the ring. I want him restored. He's not a servant. He is a son, and I want everybody to know I have restored my son. back to my brother he was lost to us there were times we had no clue as to where he was we had no address for him, we had no phone number for him we had absolutely no contact with him you don't understand in his early adult years it appeared he was on top of the world He had everything that you could imagine to be su- the man would say to be successful. He was a home builder. He would have 10, 15, 20 homes under construction at the same time. He drove around in his new Cadillac. He lived in a beautiful rock home. He, oh, oh, in his earlier years it appeared he was on top of the world. In his latter years, the world was on top of him. In his earlier years, he seemed to have everything. In his latter years, he had absolutely nothing. But just like the prodigal, he came to himself. He came to himself. When he reached the lowest part, he came to himself. Oh, and he knew where to turn to for help. He knew who would not turn him away. I know if I call home, they'll take my call and they'll help me. And he went back to his father's house, and and at his father's house, he was restored. His dignity was restored. Oh, Oh, he came home to be cared for, and now he's the caregiver. He came home to receive, but now he gives. Back to our story, can you even imagine? Listen, get a hold of this. Can you even imagine the rock star son, the prodigal, became after his restoration? Can you? Ever thought about that? See, see, he left home a spoiled, ungrateful, entitled son. He came back broken and sick and humbled. Ah, but the father accepted him back just as he was. But the father didn't leave him in that condition. The father totally restored him. Can you even imagine the gratitude the prodigal must have, must have had after he was restored? Can you imagine the understanding that he now had for the fallen? Read the rest of the story. Read about the prodigal's big brother. He's arrogant. He's self-righteous. He's totally void of of compassion or understanding for the fallen. Has absolutely none of it. He's full of pride. he's, He's proud of his record. He even boasts about it. He's proud that he hasn't left the father's house like the prodigal. Oh, why can't everybody be perfect little saints like he is? But no, he's no saint. He's no saint. He has flaws too. His sins are just different than his prodigal brothers are. Don't you sit there all smug today thinking I'm sure glad I'm in here. I am such a great saint of God in here while the world goes to hell in a handbasket. Look at me. Yeah, look at you. And look at me. I'm no better. You're no better. Amen. Sins are just different. They're just different. Amen. Yeah, the prodigal... Was eaten up with sin, but so was Big Brother. He was laden with self-righteousness and 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 a mean spirit. This son of yours has come home who's wasted all our money. Didn't, didn't even call him his brother, this son of you. Jesus said it like this: You criticize the splinter in your brother's eye. You're not even aware there's a boulder coming out of yours. Can you even imagine the rock star son the prodigal became after he came back home, after he repented to his father, after he was fully restored? Oh, listen, I can now. I couldn't before. I never even thought about it before until the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. But I can now because I have seen it. I have seen it played out right before my very eyes as my own prodigal brother came home and restored. Amen. The son that mom and dad grieved over and cried over and got ulcers over. But he's home now. He's home now. And he's helping mom and he's helping dad. Amen. He's home now. I've seen it. And he's a rock star. Everything he wasn't before, he is now. I've seen it played out and seeing it still being played out in my very own brother. He came home to be cared for. He is now the caregiver. I've watched him care for my parents in a way that only, only a restored prodigal could. He has a perspective that I know nothing about. No doubt he serves out of gratitude. Because he was lost, now he's found. He was dead, now he's alive. No doubt he serves out of gratitude. No doubt he serves out of understanding. Understanding because he too, he too was once in dire need of help. And help was given to him. So he has an understanding. I don't have. No doubt he has a love and an understanding of prodigals that those of us who have never left the Father's house know nothing about. I'm glad I've never been a prodigal. I'm glad. I'm glad, I'm grateful, I'm thankful. I'm glad I've never been a prodigal. But hear me, hear me, hear me. Oh, 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 how I hope, how I hope, how I hope, how I hope. I don't have the spirit of big brother either. I so, so, so hope. I'm not a part of the reason why prodigals leave the Father's house. Why are we caring people, caring for people? Because if we're not, we're going to produce prodigals. And I don't want to produce prodigals. And I want to have a family, a church family. It doesn't get all bent out of shape because some guy's got an earring or he's got 12 tattoos or he doesn't look like us or he wears shorts in church or all this stuff. Just thank God he's in the Father's house. The Lord can deal with all that stuff. When I was growing up, I had a pastor. Pulled me in. When I was 16 years old, he said, you know, I've heard you preach, and you do pretty good for a 16-year-old kid. But if you're ever going to make it in the assemblies of God, you better cut those sideburns. and you better cut that hair that's down over those ears, y'all. Because the Bible says <laughs> in the first chapter of Pastor, <laughs> and the funny thing was he was an old-time preacher, and when he really got happy, he'd preach his hair down, and his hair was twice as long as mine, but he combed his back, and I combed mine over. Lord, I'm sorry for my bitterness. It's coming out today. (laughs) Can I get some help on the platform this morning? Our takeaway today, godly parents never stop praying for their prodigal. And godly parents never give up hope for their prodigal's return. Heavenly Father, every head bowed and every eye closed. Heavenly Father, I thank you today. I thank you for this word today, Lord. Lord, some of you have you've enlightened me. You've, you've, you've showed me some things. I've never heard anybody say some things I've said. Maybe they have, but I've never heard it, never thought about it. But you've given them to me, and I think they're incredible things that we need to hear and we need to apply. God, I pray if there's even one prodigal here today, God, for whatever reason they're a prodigal, I don't know, it doesn't matter, but let this be the day, let this be the day. Holy Spirit, pull on them, tug on their heart today. Let them come home today. Oh God, forgive us for running people out of your house by setting expectations so high. They say, I can't live up to it, so I might as well leave. God, forgive anyone here today that is that has the spirit of big brother in them. Pride, arrogance, self-righteous, better than thou. Oh, God, help us today.